You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! I'm excited today joining us from InfoBlock, Jesper Anderson, who's the CEO. Jesper, thanks for joining the hot seat. Thanks for having me, Ray. Now, maybe before we get started, where are you located and how are things going on your end with this? What I'd say, the way I explain it, Jesper, is that I'm watching a horror movie and I can't change the channel. But how are things on your end? I'm in beautiful Fremont, California. So Bay Area, uh, our headquarters is headquartered in uh, our co- our company is headquartered in Santa Clara, um, but yeah, obviously all of us are working from home these days. So, uh, yeah. so, so I've, I've been here for a little while now, that's for sure. Okay, great. Now, one thing that maybe I'll start off is I saw the announcement with John Bird, Warbird, I think it was, Warbird Pinkett's investment, right? Um, yeah. And, and one of the things that they did was is they made this, this, this bet and investment in you. What does that mean for InfoBlock and more important is partners. Yeah, it's, um, it's first of all, a great validation. It's actually a joint investment between Warburg Pincus and Vista Equity Partners. Vista being the sole owner of Infoblocks over the last four years after we went from public to private. And now we're going to proceed with two investors. So delighted to continue with Vista Equity Partners, but also equally delighted by having, uh, at, at having Warburg Pincus to be an, an investor in Infoblocks as well. First of all, it's a great validation of the hard work of almost 1,500 Bloxers, as we call our employees at InfoBlox, and obviously the great work of our partners as well that's been working with us over the last many, many, many years. But more importantly, these two great private equity firms uh, made this sizable investment in InfoBlox because they see a real opportunity for InfoBlox going forward. Uh, We think of what we do as next-level networking and next-level security. And obviously, Warburg, Pincus, and Vista are very interested in investing with us in those opportunities that we have as a company. Yeah, no, that's interesting because you mentioned an important topic, next-level network experience, right? And and I've heard that term before. And, and, And I know that InfoBlock provides networking and security products to enable this, right? How would you go deeper into explaining what that means to to our audience there? Yeah, I appreciate that opportunity, Ray. So I I would encourage all of your listeners to think about the way uh, sort of technology services have been delivered and how that's changed over the last decade or so. When people think about how compute is being delivered today and how storage is being delivered today, increasingly both of those key technology components are being delivered as a service. It's actually super, super trivial to get compute nodes for pretty much any application you need today. You can just rent them from the likes of Amazon and Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud and and so on. It's very, very simple. It's very simple to allocate storage resources to those compute resources and so on. So why is it today that the delivery of networking and of security is still so complicated today. 
That's really what we think of as next-level networking and next-level security. And what we have been working on at Infoblox is an ability to deliver those security and networking services in a much, much operationally simpler way for our clients to consume. That's part of what we call next-level networking and next-level security. You know, there's something to be said about taking something complex and simplifying it. It's, that's a really hard thing to do, you know. It's a really hard thing to do. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think the way, the way to think about how to do that is it has a lot to do with the platform. Mm-hmm. If we stay in networking for a little while, sure. you know, you hear terms like autonomous networking, you hear intent-based networking mm-hmm. from some vendors. They're all directionally the right things to do. We're starting to see a little bit in the market that certain companies, innovative companies, are starting to deliver some traditional appliance-based networking services in a simpler way, whether that's Zscaler delivering mm-hmm. kind of like a proxy networking service or whether it was companies like Mist Systems that was acquired by Juniper that delivers Wi-Fi in a much simpler way. You have to have that kind of a platform, a cloud-native, cloud-enabled, uh, and cloud-managed type of, of platform in order to be able to deliver those services in a much simpler way. And that's what we have developed at Infoblox with what we call our Blocks One platform. Mm-hmm. And today, we are the only vendor that's capable of delivering our core network services. What we are best known for is DDI, DNS, DHCP, and IP address management. We now have the ability to deliver those services in any form factor a customer wants, whether that's a traditional hardware appliance whether it's virtual appliances that can be put in a public cloud mm-hmm. or now truly as a service. That's really what the Blocks platform added, and we've been working on that for the last four to five years. You know, that sounds uh, interesting because you mentioned, you know, the cloud, right? And I, and I think under your leadership, you've, you've been able to expand your DDI capability from on-premise to the cloud and, and then also uh, build out the security business. but. Yep. You know, when we look at this area, there's there's been players in this areas in the past, right? To be frank, right? Yep. And but but how do you differentiate and how do you make that differentiation sustainable? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I think um, I think having been in the networking industry for a good decade or more now, you know, at the end of the day, unless you can automate all the capabilities and deliver them in a simple, seamless way customers will find a kind of find out there's only so much you can do with slideware and so we believe the way we differentiate ourselves is by giving our customers a great experience for how to consume these services infoblox has always been well known in our industry <clears throat> for providing a great level of automation that's what our nios platform our existing platform is based on Basically, the way NIOS emerged as the leading platform in the networking, in the core network services, DDI-specific kind of area, was we built a lot of automation around this topic of managing DNS, Mm -hmm. DNS records, IP addresses, and so on. We built what we call the NIOS grid that keeps a set of appliances, physical or virtual, completely synchronized. That 
is it's it's pretty common that Infoblox customers save upwards of fifty to seventy five percent of their existing opex mm. that they previously had used in their teams in order to manage DNS and DHCP services and so on. So you take that level of automation and you take it into a true hybrid world where you can consume these services in any way you want. That's kind of how we differentiate. And that builds on our existing differentiation as well. Yeah. You know, one thing, Jesper, that you mentioned, which is automation, right? I I noticed that at least once the pandemic kicked, right, there have been at least in some of the service providers I talked to and some of the larger enterprise, they're like, boy, we wish we would have been more aggressive with automation. But what I tell them, hey, it's not too late. Take this as an opportunity so you could come out stronger, right, when we get yep. to this new norm. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Wholeheartedly. I mean, it's been, it's been obviously um, been a challenge for a lot of companies, and I certainly sympathize with those customers and those companies that are in the hardest-hit industries. It's not been easy with this pandemic. But I think the one thing that has stood out is companies that were deeper into their digital transformation have fared a lot better than those that didn't. And there's a lot of reckoning that's still to be had in boardrooms around the corporate world where CEOs and where boards of directors will ask their companies and their teams, hey, why were we so ill-prepared relative to our competitors in this area? We've certainly seen that amongst our customers and prospects as well. Uh, The ability to transition very quickly to work from home wasn't so easy for every company out there. If you had embraced a modern architecture, it was easier than if you sort of had to rely on old-fashioned VPN connectivity for every single one of your workers, regardless of what, what kind of function they were in. Uh, so there's no, there's no doubt that, um, that there's going to be a reckoning around that. We've seen uh, a healthy growth in our cybersecurity business mm-hmm. because of the work from home. We built out our Blocks One threat defense platform, which basically secures companies, sort of help prevent uh, that cyber criminals exploit the DNS protocol, which is the most prevalent protocol on the internet. And we've seen record growth in our cybersecurity initiatives precisely because companies have a urgent need to make sure that as the as the work processes have changed, that they can provide maximum and 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 simple security services for their employees and by the way for their partners extending out to all of their demand chain yeah no that's a uh, good it's good to see that you validate and now one word that you mentioned again that was important was growth right how, how are you planning to grow this business yeah uh, great question and it dovetails into the investment from Warburg Pinkers mm-hmm. and Vista as well I'd say there are two areas of of primary growth for Infoblox. One is we are seeing a huge opportunity, both within our customers and within the marketplace in general. And so we are certainly investing in the go-to-market side, whether it's our direct sellers or in our channel. I'm sure you're going to quiz me a little more on the channel. Absolutely. Uh, So I'll pause that one uh, for a second. And then, and then the other area we're investing is is on the product side. So, uh, you know, we're significantly 
significantly building out our solutions portfolio portfolio on this new BlockSwan platform. That's obviously BlockSwan Threat Defense, which was the first solution, our cybersecurity, DNS security uh, so, sort of solution offering. BlockSwan DDI being the second application on that platform. That's a full, that's the industry's only fully functioned DDI solution that can be delivered truly as a service. And then uh, you might have noticed that we did a small acquisition of a company called SnapRoute uh, sort of uh, late last year. And that's an exciting team that's building out some pretty advanced next generation uh, network and security capabilities that I'm sure we'll talk on uh, 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 about in the months to come as well. But um, I sort of see the two, the two investments go hand in hand, continue to, 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 to invest in our solution set and portfolio, but really doubling down on a number of the of the sort of go-to-market investments, again, on the sales side, including channel and on the market marketing side as well. Yeah, well, you, you were right. You read my mind. As you know, I used to be a CTO in the channel. And yeah. one of the things that we always look for is a product that can help us differentiate and show our expertise, right? And, and, and you know, being something that can be technical and simplified. But what, what opportunities do you see for the channel in some of your solutions there? Yeah, I think I think it's a, a very exciting time to be a channel partner, whether you're on the reseller side or you're on the distributor side. Uh, as 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 completely committed as I am to this SaaS platform and and the SaaS platforms entry into infrastructural type of services like networking and security. Um, I am I'm equally committed to and convinced that this is a huge opportunity for 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 channel partners. On the reseller side, if you think about it, uh, there's never been a greater need for companies out in the world to work with resellers. It is a very, very, very complex set of IT services. More and more companies need, as we were just discussing, to drive digital transformation. And as you know, resources are scarce. And so the thought of hiring all of those people permanently in my own company to drive that is scary for a lot of CEOs and C-suites out there. And that's where the reseller has a huge opportunity. By offering a set of services all the way from a trusted advisor to be the knowledgeable kind of partner that understands this technology platform that's coming out to helping with implementation as well, the professional services side of a reseller, I think is a huge opportunity. Infoblux has always been very, very committed to our channel. Um, well over 95% of our business goes on channel paper. And so all of those resellers are hugely important to us. I also think it's a great opportunity to be a distributor out there. We work with some of the largest and most sophisticated distributors in the world. And the fact that the vendor landscape is changing more over to SaaS type of platforms means that there's a need for distributors that can provide an aggregation service of all of those SaaS services to these resellers. Because with SaaS comes an ease of use where it's easier for me to evaluate solutions, to do what we call POCs, to transact with those vendors via subscription style, buying from a customer's perspective. But 
a customer or a reseller doesn't want and can't build all of those platforms from all of those different vendors. And that's where the most sophisticated distributors has this unique opportunity of aggregating all of these services and providing the same simple use to all the resellers so they can do that to the customers as well. And I'm always encouraged by how our largest largest distributors are innovating in this area and how far they've already come. And uh, it's really encouraging when we are working with them on how to integrate our SaaS services with their SaaS platform capabilities. So I'm extremely bullish on on the role of the channel in this in this new world. No, it's it's great because I mean you know the whole concept with SaaS and, and especially through distributor the the challenge with certain channels is onboarding a new service right in in this area could help accelerate the time to revenue. Uh, maybe we'll we'll end with the last question um, related to partners again, right? So uh, yeah. what what do you have as new initiatives for these partners? Yeah, so we have a lot of new initiatives. Uh, Lori Kornmesser, who drives our channel, has done a great job of building up a team that works very, very closely with our with our resellers and our distributors. Um, we have uh, built a more uh, a more sort of program that emphasizes more uh, shared types of value creation. So, for example, we work very, very closely with our channel partners on new logos. So huge advantage for both of us, right? The more new logos, what we think of as channel hunting, the better for us and the more rewards for our channel partners on that side. We've invested deeply as well in the enablement side of our channel organization. We realize we are moving with a lot of speed and innovating around our solutions. And we have an obligation to make sure we train our our channel partners maximally to make sure they can deliver their services either to resellers if they're distributors or to end customers if they're our reseller partners. So big, big emphasis on that. It's encouraging to see when channel partners show up with their list of strong opportunities. We show up with our list of strong opportunities and you get the best mind meld of these two organizations where we can really help each other. Um, that's been really encouraging to see. And we have had uh, great growth in our channel business over the last few years. And so uh, a number of initiatives that we're driving down that path. We're obviously investing a lot in our Blocks One platform and how we can bring that to market via our partners. We've loaded a ton of new logos into our uh, prospects, if you like, into our Salesforce database and the the way we work out with our channel partners to share all of that information is um, is is an area that we're investing a lot in. No, that's great. I mean, I know Lori for a long time, and she's a rock star in the channel space. Uh, so, well, you're officially off the hot seat. Hopefully, it wasn't too bad, was it? No, no, it was all good. I like talking about these things, and yeah. I've watched your hot seat uh, numerous times, okay. and so. I was mentally prepared for all the tough Awesome, questions. awesome. Well, hopefully you get to join again. With yep. Jasper, this is Ray Moda. Thanks for joining this edition of The Hot Seat. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.